0: Well, greetings, church, a gracious and warm welcome to you on this Tuesday as we gather around the word for our texts as we head towards the fourth Sunday in Lent. And today it's our Old Testament reading, or our first reading for the fo- this following Sunday, and it comes from Numbers chapter 21, verses 4 through 9. Then they set out from Mount Hor by way of the Red Sea to bypass the land of Edom, But the people became impatient because of the journey. The people spoke against God and Moses, Why have you led us up from Egypt to die in the wilderness? There's no bread or water, and we detest this wretched food. Then the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people, and they bit them so that many Israelites died. The people then came to Moses and said, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Intercede with the Lord so that he will take the snakes away from us. And Moses interceded for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a snake image and mount it on a pole. When anyone who is bitten looks at it, he will recover. So Moses made a bronze snake and mounted it on a pole. Whenever someone was bitten and he looked at the bronze snake, he recovered. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is one of those texts that's that's funny, awkward, interesting. Uh, so many different things all wrapped up into one. It's one that maybe you've heard before and maybe not. It's one that I love. I, I find it just full of so much fruit and 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 deep meat for us in the text. Now, if you if you don't remember your your biblical history, the people of God, Israel, they've been wandering in the desert, and it was time for them to enter the the promised land, enter into Canaan, and they sent out the twelve spies. Remember, and, and And two come back who say, yes, let's do this thing. God is with us. We can take it. Ten of them go, heck no. We're small. We're insignificant. Our children are going to get killed if we try and take this land because the land is full of giants, big people. And so God punishes them and says, okay, you don't want to trust me. I'm going to send you to wander in the wilderness for 40 years until you die. And then your children that you're so worried about, they're going to take the promised land. That, that's kind of mean, right? And yet, they're told to go in and they say no. <laughs> how, how often it is that when we're with our children, we ask them to do something, they say no. What do we usually do? We usually get upset. So, But God's not petty like that. What he's saying is, you need to trust me. You need to trust me. You need to have faith in me. As the God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, have no other gods but trust in me. Me, And yet, even during this time as they're wandering, there's rebellions back and forth against Moses, against Aaron, against God. And finally, here now, the people are having to go the long way around. They're made to wander around. And they could have gone through the land of Edom. But God had given that land to the Edomites, the sons of Esau, the the cousins of Israel. And, And Edom says no. And in some ways, God is speaking through Edom saying, No, this isn't your land. You're not allowed to go through here. You're not allowed to set foot here. You had your chance, and you gave it up. And so they're made to wander, and they become impatient. Just like kids on a road trip, are we there yet? We get there when we get there, right? I can see Moses doing that all the time. He's, he's Mr. Incredible. We get there when we get there, getting getting mad at, at, at his people. But they, they take it a step further, and they say, why have you led us up from Egypt to die in the wilderness? Well, because you were getting killed, murdered, destroyed in Egypt. You were in bondage and God came and freed you. That's why you're out here and you had the chance to go in the Promised Land, but you said no. And they say, there is no bread, there's no water, and we detest this wretched food. Well, the reality is they're lying. That God has been giving them bread, the manna, remember? The manna that he rains from heaven, the bread from heaven, that all they have to do is go out and collect it and bake it into loaves, as well as he's sending water from the rock, he's, he's, he's purifying water that was bitter, he's doing all these things, he's doing all this stuff to ca- take care of them, send them quail, and yet they're saying, we don't have any of that. How often it is that we forget the gifts that God has given us? How often is it that, that we forget God's generosity, that we forget what it is that God has done to care for us. And so God sends serpents. These, these, these poisonous snakes, these venomous snakes or burning or fiery snakes. Maybe they're dragons <laughs> with wings, right? No, <laughs> these, these vipers, these venomous snakes among the people and, and they bit them so that many Israelites died. What a way to go. God looks so petty here. But the people come to their senses, they confess their sin. They make sure to to announce the fact that they've been turning against God, they've been turning against Moses, they have not been listening, they have not been following God, putting their faith in him, And, and Moses intercedes for them. And then if you notice something, God makes the way out, the snake image that's mounted on a pole. And when anyone who is bitten looks at it, he will recover. Here we have, we have God providing the way out. God giving them the redemption they need from their own sin. God providing for them not just bread and water, but also healing, salvation, as it were. But if you notice something, God doesn't take the snakes away, he provides the remedy, but there's nowhere in here that says the snakes go away. What he does is he provides something for them to look at, that they might be reminded of their sin, but also be healed in that remembering. Isn't that the way it is for us? We don't want to be reminded of our sin. We we are terrified of our sin. We We don't want our sin in front of us, and yet God puts it in front of us quite often. He puts it in front of us in the form of Christ on that cross. He puts it in front of us through the Word. He puts it in front of us through, through our, our times when we are at church, when we confess our sins and receive forgiveness. We're reminded of it when there are people in our lives that remember sins we committed 20 years ago that we had forgotten but, oh, they remember. We don't want to be reminded of those things because we don't want to be ashamed. We don't want to feel the guilt. And yet here, God is having them remember by seeing the image of a snake, reminding them of their lack of faith, and they're turning their back on God. And yet, in that remembering, God sends them salvation and saves them. And we give him thanks that that is what he does, even for us, in Christ. And if you notice, there was nothing special about that statue. That statue that was made and put on the pole was not some magic thing. What saved them was turning and looking and trusting that what God said was true. If all you do is you look at this pole, you will be saved. That's bringing back this this understanding of faith, trusting that what God has done in Jesus has taken care of our sin and that has opened up our future to us so that we are free from shame and guilt receive from God that which we need. Let us pray. O God, rich in mercy, by the humiliation of your Son, you lifted up this fallen world and rescued us from the hopelessness of death. Lead us into your light, that all our deeds may reflect your love through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Go in peace, serve the Lord. We'll see you tomorrow.